0: good morning jamie hello
1: it's been a while since we've done this
0: i know
1: We've Can barely spoken for the last few weeks.
0: I know. It's like we were in like a evocation coma. Yeah. Post evocation
1: coma. There's always that after every conference that we put on. There's a sort of like you know face down on the bed you know recovery yeah. period. <laughs>
0: like oh my god, we did it, we did it. it was but how fun. are you
1: anyway? How are you?
0: Um, I, I'm, I'm great. Um, I actually broke my foot. Oh. Uh, two weeks ago.
1: How did you and do I that?
0: No, I didn't know until yesterday. <laughs>
1: <laughs> was that a rage-filled kicking of the wall or no. what happened? No.
0: So um, I was in a rehearsal. This is a long story, but basically I was asked to jump in for someone who was playing the Wicked Witch of the West in The Wizard of Oz. And um, she was sick and we didn't know if she could do the role. And then it turned out she could do the role, but she didn't. Do the flying part. Mm. So I learned the whole role just in case, but then they just had me do the flying on a like with a harness on a wire, and I was flying across the stage, and it was really fun. But that's not how I hurt my foot. Oh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I was so excited. I had just been flying. I got off the wire. They unhooked me, and I was like, I'm gonna go get my cell phone so I can take a picture of this because this is so great, and I can post it to social media, and everyone will see how cool I am, and I walked off a step, because I wasn't paying attention, and I rolled my foot, and I heard it crack, and the pain was so bad, I thought I was gonna barf for a second. And then I was like, oh no. Now if I go get it looked at, and they say it's broken, I can't do the show. So I just decided not to. (laughs) It's
1: not broken if you don't know it's broken.
0: (laughs) And I did, and I did five performances of the show, and then tim and i actually went up to the bay area to go meet with some lawmakers and stuff last week uh for nava which went really well and i was also like walking around with a broken foot and then finally yesterday i was like oh i have time and uh so i went to the urgent care and was there for five hours and they then they told me it's broken
1: Uh, so is it like strapped up what do they do with it
0: um i'm supposed to wear a boot or like a cast or something. Yeah. But I don't know if I have time for that.
1: <laughs> well at least given the job you can sit down and do what you do.
0: <laughs> it doesn't hurt. Oh well, that's all right then. I have it wrapped up and it's just but, facing the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just backwards. <laughs> no, it is really swollen. It looks like a zombie a zombie foot. But oh. it's fine. I'm sure it's fine.
1: Well, apparently i i keep trying to die in the night i have this whole breathing thing and kate my wife is very very concerned with me apparently i keep stop breathing so she was like you gotta yeah, have this tested the
0: sleep apnea machine yeah. for sure
1: so i i got it i had a sleep test and apparently i stopped breathing 22 times an hour every oh, night oh <laughs> my gosh yes. so i gotta get one of those machines yeah
0: it's gonna change your life my friends who've ha- who have sleep apnea machines after not having them they're like, oh my god, I have so much energy. I can yeah. run around now. I f- my brain is not in a brain fog. Like, I feel so productive. Get it?
1: Because I was so resistant. Because I was like, I'm fine. I, I, I don't feel especially like deprived of sleep during the day. But I think I'm just so used to it. Maybe I'm I'm gonna like have this thing and turn into a whole different person. Yeah, I'm gonna be. But like, it's not even
0: de- <laughs> you're gonna be like the Energizer Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not even being deprived of sleep. It's it's your brain is being deprived of oxygen.
1: Oh, that would explain a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Well, other than that...
0: (laughs) Our various injuries, like this is how you know that we're uh, middle-aged, is that like, how are you doing? Well, let me tell you about all my ailments. Sleep apnea, and I broke my foot stepping off a step.
1: Uh, This is what people have missed. I also started
0: taking blood pressure medication recently because high blood pressure runs in my family. It's all just, we're all just you know
1: to reaching bits.
0: reaching middle age it's it's great
1: yeah this is relatable content i think for, for
0: people <laughs> people are like oh yeah i use a sleep apnea machine too we're like good job
1: <laughs> speaking of middle aged let's talk about facebook <laughs> <laughs> so we we're we're, we're, we're going to cover a couple of things today we want to talk about facebook because it's sort of a big part of both of our sort of careers in many respects, I think, Um, and a big part of people's lives. And also going on from that, uh, general approaches to decorum uh, in a business sense, in a sort of interpersonal sense. So, yeah, what is the value of Facebook to you?
0: I love Facebook. I'm, I'm sorry. I know I should hate it. I know that I'm not supposed to like it. Um, we're all supposed to hate Mark Zuckerberg and everything, but I have to say I am such a social person and doing a job where I stay in a box all day is really hard for me. Mm. And not being in an office is really hard for me. And so having a place where I can interact with my colleagues is so valuable. I my career would not be what it is today had i not had the community of people that i interact with on facebook i have some of my best friends i've made on facebook some of the best information i've ever learned in voiceover has come from facebook um and for me it's just i I, it's just that community of people yeah what about you
1: yeah i think the same i think our industry has changed quite a lot the last few years since the pandemic started when we would, particularly those of us that were in major hubs like New York or L.A., um, we would bump into people. You would see people at castings. You would see you go into studios and, and things like that. There was a sort of quote unquote office to go to every now and again. But we just don't have that anymore. I mean, anywhere other than L.A. is pretty much exclusively remote these days. And I think, yeah. I don't know, you correct me if I'm wrong, but even in L.A., the majority of work is still remote, right? You don't go well, in that much. Well, y-
0: yes, but also you don't record with other people. You no. never record with other people unless you're part of a loop group or something. Like you're never with other voice actors in in a recording studio. You're with the engineer and you're with the director and you're reading lines that maybe you're interacting with another person, but usually the the director is reading the lines, the other person's lines. You're not like, you know, interacting with the other I mean there Are every once in a while we do really bad, poorly advised Source Connect sessions <laughs> with a second person? Oh, god, <laughs> yes. reading back and forth for that, commercials and things. And they're connecting you never, on Zoom, and then you're it trying never to like, inter- works. yeah, <laughs> there's always like a five second delay. Yeah. so you're like, hey, honey, are you gonna pick up some burgers today? Yeah, I'm going to get
1: some burgers <laughs> right now.
0: <laughs> Oh.
1: Really defeats the object of trying. Why not to stop
0: it. it? Why not get it from Instacart or
1: <laughs> Yeah. And they, and you know, I don't think also when you do those sessions you necessarily talk about it's not like a water cooler moment. You don't talk Mm-mm. about the industry as such. So we this is our sort of town square, <laughs> yeah. isn't it, you know?
0: Can you imagine being in one of those sessions and being like, "Um, hey, uh Brad, it's Brad, right? Um, what are they paying you for this?" <laughs> <laughs> like with the engineer on the line. What are your thoughts?
1: Like, what are your thoughts on you, SEO?
0: <laughs> yeah, are you are you are you going to be okay if they want to use your voice for AI? Because if you are, then I'll probably do it too. But if you're not, then I'm not going to do it.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah.
0: Did you get this job on Voice One Two Three, or was it through your agent?
1: <laughs> the closest thing to that, I think, in the past was going to Lotus and just talking to Jim and and Sam and Marion yeah. about the industry, which I really oh, missed. I missed that. <laughs> I know that was so much fun. But v- I think Facebook, you know, their whole shtick is like, we're the town square. But I think it really is the case for us, right? Us in, yeah. in our industry. And, you know, that's not to say you have to be on Facebook to have an, you know, have that. Lots of people who work in this industry <laughs> wouldn't touch it with a barge pole. But the people that are, I think we get a huge amount out of it. And that's not necessarily our, I guess it is a combination of our our own what do you call it? Like Wall Stream, whatever it is on Facebook, um, but mainly in the groups, there's a lot of there's a lot of interaction in the groups, you know. Yeah.
0: and there are different groups. There are different groups for different purposes. Yeah, and that is very valuable. Like for example, for example, if you are an audiobook narrator who uses Audacity, there is literally a Facebook group for narrators who use Audacity. And yeah. you can go into that group and be like, hey, guys, I don't know what a 32-bit float is. <laughs> and someone will tell you what it is, right? There, there. Um, And then different groups, maybe their name doesn't exactly describe what the group is, but you get a general sense once you're in it and you read through some of the posts. Like, oh, this group has this kind of people in it. And this group has this kind of people in it. There are certain groups that if I were to make a post saying like, hey, guys, I turned down a job because it didn't fit my ethnicity, there are certain groups where people would come in and say, that's ridiculous. Acting is acting. You can do you know any job you want. You can put on any fake accent and you know misappropriate any culture you want. And that's totally fine, which I disagree with.
1: Yeah, not our group.
0: No. And so I would never post something like that in that particular group, right? Because mm. I know that it's full of people who don't believe that. Yeah. But you don't know until you investigate the groups a little bit
1: and there's some community member groups like vo red flags is a really good one like if you have problems with clients that you've worked with and you want to see if other people have had a similar experience or you want to share your experience to warn off other people from working with these people there's like tech groups if you want to sell or buy gear and that's really good i forget some of the names of those but there's some you know it's easily found um so there's like sort of services that you can you know
0: and there are groups that have that deal with, like, um, business approach as well. Yeah. Like, um, Mark Scott's yeah is a really great group for people who really consider themselves a business and want to uh, focus a lot on direct marketing. He has fantastic direct marketing advice. Um, And then there are other groups where if you are more focused on the audition or pay to play side, you can ask questions and people aren't going to jump down your throat depending on what site you're you're on. They'll give you helpful, accurate, sometimes mostly accurate information (laughs) about things. Um, But, yeah, let's talk about that, too. How often do you need to take advice with a grain of salt,
1: Jamie? Uh, Every time. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I mean... This is the thing. I mean, these days it's pretty easy to research who you're getting the advice from. If you type their name in Google and their website comes up and you see they've got a bunch of credits or they're well known for doing a certain thing and you can easily get a sense of how valuable their advice is. But I think advice in general, and especially as it relates to us as voice actors, has to be taken with a grain of salt because it's so dependent on circumstance. And... um, Like, for example, tech, it might depend on how you're going to use that tech, the kind of work that you do, the voice that you have, whether you're doing live directed sessions or everything's recorded, you know, on your own. Like, there are so many different factors that go into it. So oftentimes, if you're asking a broad question and a follow-up isn't like a bunch of bunch more questions. <laughs> it's it's usually a, an oversimplistic or someone's, you know, just rehashing something they've heard or, or something. So you have to be very careful, A, who that advice is coming from, and B, if they are just regurgitating something they've heard <laughs> rather than have personal experience, and probably C, are they inquiring as to your specific circumstance? You yeah. Know?
0: One area I will say needs a lot of uh, care and and actual research probably is anytime someone is talking about sag mm. always be sure that they are talking about it from a, a reputable place because so first of all a lot of the information around Sagaftra issues is very complex it yeah. cannot be simplified so if someone says like how many jobs do I have to do before I'm a must join and I have to join the union <sighs> there, you could call Psygaftra and they and ask them that question and the response would be very long it's not like a you do three jobs and then you're a must join it's like you, from the first job you have this many days to do this many jobs and this and this and this so the best thing to do is is to just call Sagatra <laughs> or to ask the people who you know, know about union issues and don't necessarily take advice from someone who is a non-union actor who has been told by someone at some point that you have to do this number of jobs, but if it's a background job, it's not the same as if it's a, like, blah, blah, blah. Don't don't necessarily take their advice. I would just call the union and ask them, and then you'll get the real answer. You can certainly post it in Facebook if you want, but don't, take all of that information and decide that that is the correct information.
1: Yeah, because you'll get <laughs> six million contradictory responses that confuse you even more, yes. probably. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why do you think Facebook in particular is so good for this in terms of that sort of conversation versus something like Instagram or Twitter or threads or?
0: I, you know, honestly, the group feature of Facebook is so valuable mm. because you get, so first of all, in our group, people have to answer questions in order to enter the group. Um, So we do a little bit of vetting to make sure that they are not like some kind of bot or not some kind of, you know, weird... Scammer. Scammer. So you know the people in there for the most part have been quote-unquote vetted by us. And, uh, And you know the kinds of people that are in there. So you ask a question in Vocation VoiceOver and you can get an answer that is more than just like every single person on Twitter has an opinion or every single person on Instagram can see it and has an opinion. It's much more targeted. So to me, that's really helpful. Also, um, Instagram and Twitter are very public and it's not just your friends that are seeing things. So even if you post it to your own wall, like, hey, you know, um, how do you pronounce the word wreaths? getting into the Christmas season. Is it (laughs) wreaths or is it wreaths? Everyone will have an opinion. And at least if you post it on Facebook, it's your own friends that have an opinion versus everyone in the world (laughs) on (laughs) Instagram and uh, X.
1: You you have the ability to connect with who you wanna connect with at the end of the day. If someone follows your, unless you make it private, your Instagram or Twitter, and then what's the point? On Facebook, you know, you can, if someone's obnoxious, you can just choose to, you know, get rid of them, (laughs) disconnect, no thanks, or block them. I guess you can block on other social platforms too, which is good. I've definitely blocked people that I find obnoxious. (laughs) I would just throw out this tip. Rather than interacting with someone who rubs you up the wrong way, just block them, and then you just don't see them anymore. And it's a much happier life doing it that way than getting into it with someone. I, I learned that a couple of years ago, and I used to get into it, with people. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't go crazy, but it's just negativity is just, and then it intrudes into your life because we've got all these things on our phone, wherever we are. We feel a compulsion to check. Oh, did they get back to me? You know, I'm watching TV, yeah. and you know, it just can be very you're intrusive. Like a, and the, yeah.
0: the cortisol levels in your body are just going up, and then you and then you just lose oxygen at night when you're sleeping.
1: Yeah. <laughs> More oxygen. Yeah. More oxygen. Yeah. I haven't got much to spare.
0: Um, should we talk a little bit about tact and decorum?
1: Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah.
0: All right. What is this section called, Jamie? I think you have to say it.
1: Oh, God. I wrote it down. Lady Corrin and Lord Jamie's School of Business Decorum.
0: That was perfect. I wouldn't have done it as well. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: it's in your blood.
1: Yeah. It's not actually. We've researched my family history and we're nothing but peasants.
0: <laughs> That's good. That's yeah, excellent. We're real people. You know, you could you can always have your, your Cinderella story, Jamie.
1: Right? Yeah, one day. <laughs> it's gonna happen. <laughs> um so yeah, decorum. Goodness me. I mean, we'll talk about Facebook first and then we can broaden it out, I guess, to the, to the rest wider of the stuff. business.
0: All right. Rule number one don't be a dick.
1: Yes. <laughs> that is all the rules, really, isn't it?
0: That comes from our wonderful VO strategist, Tom Deere, who always says in all of his classes rule number one don't be a dick. <laughs> I hate it when people post a question in a Facebook group and someone's like, well, did you search for that question already? <laughs> yeah. yeah, And it's just not a helpful way to say it. I mean, you can say like, hey, so-and-so, thanks so much for your question. Actually, this topic has been discussed a bunch of times before and if you search, you can find a lot of answers. My opinion on this is this or whatever, instead of like, search before you ask a dumb question it just makes people feel like idiots and that's not a nice way to be
1: no my response to that often is well have you tried to search anything on facebook it's really rubbish (laughs) the search function is really rubbish it it just shows throws up the most random stuff um and also, some of the subjects might have changed. You know, this yeah. we you you'll see something from twenty fourteen, and this just no longer applies anymore. No. So
0: honestly, anything anything that's posted before March twenty twenty, mm. even like June twenty twenty, even you know January of twenty twenty one is probably irrelevant, because th- things changed so much uh, during the pandemic that just anything before that is just no longer a thing.
1: No, no longer applies, yeah. Yeah, I think I think, people respond on Facebook as if they have personally been hurt by something. Yeah. And it is irrelevant to to them. And they respond as if they've been attacked. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense to me. If someone's asking a question that doesn't apply to you or they've got some advice from someone they don't like... If if you want to, you know, quote unquote correct them or offer your opinion, that's fine. But if you don't or you have a problem with it, just move on with your life. Just keep on scrolling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you don't have to you don't have to throw it in. And then and then don't get upset if then you receive a reply that is of the same energy. You know? Mm-hmm. That's just I mean, think about how you would behave in real life. If someone was doing something in I don't know, in a bar or something and you just came up, charged in and started spouting your opinion you'd get that energy back yeah you know and so don't be surprised about that I think just gen- generally just trying to remember particularly if it is that dynamic of someone's coming in early in their career and then someone who's established kind of fires back with something you should know better or blah 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 or that it should be this way what was it like when you came into this industry you would have asked exactly the same questions and you know the the problem it's a benefit and a problem now. There's so much information out there that it can be overwhelming. It can be confusing. I think when we were starting, and I remember when I was starting, there was like a couple of books and you Mm -hmm. could maybe go to some coaching, Mm -hmm. but there wasn't a ton of free content out there that you could just dive into. So that was a problem. But now there's just a plethora of this stuff and and a lot of it is contradictory. And also people talk about I know I'm going to get a bit controversial here, but people talk about how friendly and supportive and wonderful the voiceover industry is, and it has that side, but is also one of the most toxic predatory industries I've ever been in. <laughs> you know, the amount of people trying to rinse money out of other people is extraordinarily high. And it's everywhere you turn, and we've sort of normalized it. <laughs> We're used to it. So I think coming in to this industry is... Kind of intimidating and fraught with potential banana skins, you know that you could very easily make mistakes. So
0: that was a very Super Mario reference that I appreciated, <laughs> Mario Kart sixty four in particular. Yeah, I
1: remember. That. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I just went on my high horse there a little bit.
0: No, I agree. There, there are a lot of people who are taking advantage of those who are starting out in the industry, and it's it's one of these like you know, make $100,000 in your pajamas kind of situation. And that's not really the reality of voiceover. I mean, you can make $100,000 in your pajamas, but it's definitely not going to happen overnight. It's probably not going to happen within the first few years that you are in voiceover. Um, So there's that.
1: And as per usual, it really depends on a million circumstances. It
0: depends on a you million know? circumstances and it depends a lot on the effort that you personally are willing to put into the to the job um as well. If you're kind of just doing it part-time, you're probably not going to do as well as quickly as somebody who is really jumping in and diving in into it. but at the same time you really need like vetted professionals to help you and listen to your stuff and tell you like you know what you are doing great or you need to improve in these areas or or whatever so it's all it's all very individual and a kind of blanket approach that is give me your money and i'll make you a demo is not the The approach that is good, it is predatory.
1: And I think just to present the other side real quick, if you are asking a question, expecting a specific response, and you don't get it, there's sort of incumbent upon you to also be a mature person and just accept that. Well, maybe I posted this demo, asking for feedback, and I got nothing but negative feedback. Maybe it's a shitty demo you know, mm. and I'm sorry, it's, it, it might not be a nice thing to hear. Might not. I've, as we've heard on this podcast, we've, we've both not had great demos. <laughs> um, and it would have been great probably if someone to go, no, this is not up to industry standards. You should go back to the drawing board <laughs> on this, maybe rename some of your characters. Um, <laughs>
0: what do you mean, Falco? <laughs>
1: uh, the, you you have to be humble as well you have to be humble and and it's difficult when you're starting out when you're a bag of nerves and you're just really unsure of your skill sets and, and unsure of your place and your your worthiness in this industry when yeah. there is no such a thing everyone's a, a, able to join this industry to a certain degree but at the same time it takes a certain level of maturity to accept that well okay i thought it was good but apparently it's not great uh back to the drawing board, I've got to reassess and try a different approach. I mean, welcome to voiceover. Yeah. (laughs) You know, constantly refining and readjusting and pivoting and changing, you know. So, uh, you know, that doesn't excuse people being rude, but where blunt meets rude is a fine line. And, you know, you can give uh, constructive feedback without being a dick. It's possible, you know.
0: (laughs) Speaking of being humble, which you mentioned before, what do you think about posting wins on Facebook, posting when oh, you book yeah. a job, posting when you are excited about, you know, a project that you did, posting a video of like, oh, my gosh, I was just accidentally looking on YouTube and I found something that I had to dig for myself. <laughs> I had to search
1: my name. <laughs> yeah.
0: I was just accidentally searching my name.
1: <laughs> and said product. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you don't. I, I think just personally speaking, I have absolutely no problem with people posting their their work yeah, online either. um don't frame it as oh i just stumbled across i mean because you're lying you're obviously you're <laughs> lying <laughs> don't lie just be honest i i did this thing i'm really proud of it i think it's cool like check it out
0: or even like i totally forgot that i did this thing a couple months ago and i didn't know if it was published and i looked it up and here it is and it's been published for two months if you have to say something like that
1: yeah i mean a true don't thing don't happened to, to me the other day where a producer I, I did a gig for, for the Golf Channel, sent me the finished piece because he was proud of it. And yeah. I'd completely forgotten that I'd done it. And I was like, yeah. oh wow, this is really cool. I really like it. I'm going to put it on Instagram. Yeah. So I did. Um, and that was, I didn't put that in the post, but that's what genuinely happened. Yeah. I'd forgotten that I'd done it.
0: A friend of mine was um, uh, in a video game that had a code name and, and no one ever told Told him what the actual name of the video game was. So when the video game came out, everyone's posting like, "Oh, I'm in this video game!" And so he finally looked up the video game and was like, "Oh my god, I'm in the video game too! I didn't even know I was in (laughs) this."
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's. I mean, I don't know if you've done this. There's so many things where you, because you've read the script, you know the context for everything. You know some character names, and so you post all the all the little tidbits in Google to try and figure out what this game is. And like, you know, I've done that before when I tried to figure out what it was that I was actually (laughs) recording.
0: Yeah, I don't have a problem with it either. I don't have a problem when people post their wins. I feel really happy for them. And I, in general, I'm just happy that there is enough work that so many of my friends are posting the work that they've booked. I think that's great. Mm. Um, I think it's a little strange when people post the amount of money that they're earning. Yeah, no. On a regular basis. I, I feel like... I feel like transparency and talking about what you earn and talking about what you were paid for something or whatever, I think that's all totally valid. Um, But if you're constantly talking about how much money you're earning or how much (laughs) money you're not earning, that can help or hurt you in the eyes of people that you are trying to interact with, I think. think
1: with regard to that, intention matters. You know, what? what why do you feel the Definitely. need to post about that? Is it yeah. insecurity? Is it because you, I don't know.
0: Well, in the case of the person that I'm thinking of, uh, they had a big Facebook group that they no longer have, and they were posting their monthly numbers in order to, quote-unquote, inspire their followers. Um, <laughs> but it just came across as very... Uh, self-congratulatory tacky (laughs) and tacky like this person would be like well i'm ten thousand dollars i made ten thousand dollars less this month than i did last month but i still you know i'm still working every day and it's like it some people don't make ten thousand dollars in a month from voiceover most people don't make $10,000. Most people don't don't make $10,000 in a year from voiceover, according to the statistics. Mm. So posting like, oh, I'm down $10,000. Like you have to kind of understand the context. And if you're doing that every few weeks, it's, it seems kind of strange.
1: Well, there is the argument that, you know, I, I got into into an interaction. It was not an argument. It was just a discussion about this, um, on Facebook and the argument against people posting their work was that it could be disheartening for those who aren't booking very much. Uh My perspective on that is that it's incumbent on the person who's feeling upset to work out their feelings on that because Mm -hmm. I don't think someone who's successful or is posting something that they're proud of should be ashamed of that or that mm. they shouldn't post that because it might make other people I mean why do you want that other person to to feel bad about posting that I I, I want to know what the justification for that is because I think if you booked a big gig would you think twice about posting about it mm-hmm. <laughs> really like be honest with yourself like if, if you would fair play to you and, and you know fine but I think it's a fine line it's it, it's a fine line the, the posting about money I think that's just In an effort to be transparent, and I'm using air quotes here, it's more about ego and and about power and about, you know, trying to make yourself look a certain way. Maybe they're trying to coach or something. I don't know.
0: I can see the disheartening side of it, though, too. I can see how, like, seeing a bunch of your friends, you know, like... When Red Dead Redemption came out and everyone I knew was in it and (laughs) I was not in it, I definitely had a moment of like, is there something wrong with me that I wasn't in this game and everyone I know is in this game? Um, But the truth was I wasn't getting any video game auditions at that point in my career, so there was no opportunity for me to even audition for that. And even if I had and I hadn't booked it, I just wasn't right for the part. But I think we've all had those moments where we see someone post something and you're like, oh... Why not me? but the key word there is me, mm. like you are you're thinking about yourself instead of thinking about how cool it is for for your friend, which you we're all gonna win some. we're all gonna lose some. some of us are gonna win a lot, some of us are gonna lose a lot. That's just how that's just life and uh and honestly, if you want to be considered um kind of a, a, an authority in the business, whether it's because you want to, you know, have your Facebook posts listened to more often. <laughs> the advice that you give you want people to take it, take it seriously, or because you wanna speak at conferences. If I don't know that you're booking consistently, why, why would I hire you to speak at a conference? And there are lots of conferences now that are looking for speakers mm. um if i don't know that you've booked anything i can't go I, I can go on your website and like see some videos maybe that you posted on there but you also don't want to post every single product you've ever voiced because your clients can look back and go oh you have a mcdonald's conflict from 1995 or whatever and it could look like it's from now i don't know um but you have to kind of keep up with your with your bookings
1: a little bit and I think, uh, well, I know there's a lot of referrals that go on in voiceover. There's so
0: many referrals. So
1: getting the community to know exactly what it is that you do and do well is valuable. There's value there. And also there.
0: what you sound like. Yeah. Because because we just type to each other. I don't get to hear your voice, and your voice is how I know whether or not I should refer you. And um, there was a great there was a great thread that happened the other day where, um, Amy Stafford posted a commercial and said, who, who is this person? Um, Amy Geronimo found my doppelganger, which by the way, I've coined the phrase Voppelganger, which means your voiceover doppelganger.
1: Oh, thanks for explaining that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And it turned out it was Elsa Levitsky, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And,
0: and What I said in the thread, I mean, first of all, Amy was like, Elsa, you sound amazing. And Elsa was like, thank you, Amy, you're amazing. It was just like a thread of love and it was great. But also, um, when you find your Voppelganger, you can refer them when something comes your way that you don't have the capacity to do for whatever reason, like I'm on vacation. Somebody needs something right now, I can say, oh, hey, so um, I'm I'm out of town, but my friend Amy Stafford sounds a lot like me and you should contact her. She's fantastic. Um, or like, you're sick. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sick, but my friend Elsa sounds just like me. So if you want to hire her and then you've solved the problem of you being unavailable with someone who sounds like you and is really good also.
1: And that works in reverse <laughs> as well. And that works yeah. in reverse. Yes. Yeah. Can I come back real quick to um, just feeling bad at other people's wins real quick? I just want to just no. say one thing about that. Yes, okay. Let's move on. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> yes. Um, I think it also demonstrates and I mean this in a, in in a sympathetic way, <laughs> a, a fundamental misunderstanding about why people are cast. Mm. Because we're all cast for our own individual quirks and the skills and the qualities that we bring to every job. And if you hear someone and they have and they post something, you think, that should have been me. Well, you can go one of two ways. You can go one of, well, why wasn't it me? It's I'm annoyed at the world for it not being me. Or you can think, well, I'm very similar to that. So clearly I can book that kind of work. I just have to get where they are to get that kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're at a level where... You know, if I see a, you know, couple of people of my age, British guys, you know, uh, and they'll post something, and I might think, why didn't I get that opportunity? Where did you know? But I won't think, why didn't I book the gig? Because you know, they wanted that person; they had a certain quality.
0: And it can be as simple as like your agent went out to get coffee, yeah, and someone else's agent sent in their audition first. And then your agent went back or your agent was waiting for someone else to send their audition in so that they could send a package of 10 people that they love to the casting director. And so they were waiting, you know, a couple hours, whereas the other person's agent got everybody in first and they heard that person first and they were like, oh, that's the person. And and it has nothing to do with you. Yeah, it really has
1: nothing to do with. Exactly. I mean, (laughs) and this is why we just have to throw so much at the wall, because, you know, that's really what you have to do in this industry. You have to really... Capitalize on every single opportunity, knowing that you're only going to get a fraction of those opportunities and you're only going to book a fraction of those. <laughs> so, trying not to take things personally and just, I don't know, I'm not saying being, be cold about it, but I think just for self preservation and also not thinking of it as rejection it is just you weren't right for the role the classic thing is oh you we didn't pick you cuz you sounded like my ex girlfriend or boyfriend mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and then what what are you supposed to do about that nothing there's nothing you can do once you clear the bar of you did a great job you interpreted it your way and your you sound your studio sounds great everything else you could just wipe your hands and be done with it. I've put it out in the world, and if I book it, I book it. If, you know, so-and-so books it, they book it, you know. And I think it's really hard to have that perspective from day one, but it is the only, I think, one of the only sustainable perspectives without getting bitter and angry <laughs> all yeah. the time. Um, and it's, you know, it doesn't feel good to feel like you've been rejected or that you're not good enough, you know? so, I don't know. I I I have sympathy. I have a lot of sympathy for it, and a lot of experience. You know, I've been there, done that, a hundred percent. You know, I don't think the solution is other people shouldn't post their work. I think the solution is you need to get a better perspective.
0: Yeah. What about posting things that are controversial, mm. politically controversial, or ethically controversial, or things like that. How do you feel about that on social media?
1: Uh, I don't do it really as much now (laughs) as I used to. I would be a bit more blasé about that kind of stuff when I didn't have anyone paying attention.
0: (laughs) We've seen in the past couple weeks um, talents getting fired uh, for posting things on social media. There's one female character voice actor that I'm thinking of in particular, who's very famous, who posted some things, I guess, and was fired from a job. And uh, I think it's really tricky when it's something that you really, really believe in, and you want to take a stand about it. Um, In my, I mean, I think everyone is going to have their own They're going to come to their own conclusion about whether or not this is advisable or not. My feeling is be true to yourself. And if there's something that you feel extremely passionate about and you want to post about it on social media, do it in a thoughtful way that still um, tells people, lets people know how you feel. Um, I don't think that we necessarily need to shy away from the difficult topics that are out there, but also know that posting about things that are controversial could have a huge backlash for you, yeah. um, both in the amongst your friends and and in the hiring space as well. So, just, I mean, this like probably goes without saying, but <laughs> things on the internet are forever. And nothing is really private. If you post about something in a Facebook group that is a private Facebook group, that doesn't mean people can't take screenshots of it and share it far and wide.
1: Yeah. Um, and will and have done. And
0: will and have. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we have a rule in our Facebook group that if you post something in there, you're not supposed to um, spread it beyond our group without the permission of the person who wrote it. But that's... You know that we have no way to control that. <laughs> we no. Have no way to police that. It. No. Um, we can eject the person who posted, the, who spread the information from the group, but that's about that's about it. There's really no, because the internet is public. So, yeah, just remember that all kinds of people are looking at your posts, and um, it's it. I don't know. I don't know what to say about that.
1: It's difficult. I. I'm coming at this from a perspective of someone who is possibly the least marginalized in history, <laughs> you know. Uh, so far, be it from me to say to someone you shouldn't post about something you're directly affected by that is, you know, let's say interfering with your life to a significant degree. Like, I'm not going to tell someone they shouldn't post about that, of course. But what we're saying is is that. Know that it does; it might have consequences, career consequences. Rightly or wrongly, that is just the world we live in. Yeah. Um, I think wrongly, it, you know, dep- I think it really depends on the thing, of course. Yeah, again, I think it really, really depends sp- <laughs> on the thing
0: too. Because in my mind, I'm thinking about you know, um, all of the all of the horrible stuff that's been happening in yeah. Israel, um, but also, but also. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, people posting that they support Trump, like if you or that they support the the January 6th, you know, things that happened and like maybe they feel really passionately about that. Yeah. Honestly, I would part of me would rather know that that's what your political beliefs are. So put it out there. So yes. I know. <laughs> And then I know, but know that it will also probably, you know, change everyone's opinion about you if you do put that out in public. Um, And people have lost work depending on whatever their, whatever their, you know, political beliefs happen to be. The thing I think that um, that is tricky and not the best thing to do is when you are constantly posting about politics
1: yeah, if it's
0: oh, like yeah. an everyday thing where you're always posting about politics and you don't post about very much else, but you're also trying to work in a commercial space where, you know, you need to be the voice of Don Dish Soap, but they do a deep dive into your social media and all they see are political posts. That can be problematic. But yeah. if if something happens in the world and you're like, I really feel passionately about this and this is horrible and I want to post about it, by all means, I say do that. If, you, if that's what you want. Um,
1: and that also is platform dependent too. It's, it's, it's a safer thing to post on Facebook than it would be on Twitter or X or something like that, that is 100% public unless you make your account private. Yeah. Um, it's not to say it won't get out, but you know, if, if you're posting yeah, personal opinions, particularly if you are directly affected by them on your Facebook account for your friends and family... That is that is different. And there there is sort of mitigating, uh, many, many mit- mitigating circumstances there.
0: Well, I, I'll just tell a story without revealing names. Mm. And that's that I was up for a very, very big brand voice job. And they wanted to know all kinds of information about me. They wanted a resume. They wanted like a letter about me and my family. They, Cause I was, this was like the brand voice of this big company. And they asked me for all my social media handles. So I gave them all my social media handles. They did a deep dive into my social media, and they found not even anything that I posted, but work that I had done for the Lincoln Project, which Mm. was an anti-Trump ad, political ad. And they came back and told my agent, we really like her, we really like her voice, but we need someone who is politically neutral. Even though they agreed with me, mm. you know, they weren't necessarily like a conservative company that was pro-Trump. They may or may not have agreed with me. Yeah. <laughs> but having my name associated with that political ad on my social media, they were like, we just can't do it. We have to find someone who is politically neutral. and, And so I lost that huge job because of posting something political. But at the same time, I was so proud of that ad. yeah, And I really believed in the message that it sent. And I really believed in that political stance. So part of me is like, well, all right. I mean, that's who I am. If you don't like it, then, then you don't have to hire me. And you didn't hire me. And that's fine. I'm not going to, like, try and put myself into a box that isn't who I am. I'd rather be open and transparent and and then take it or leave it. Now, if I was constantly posting political things all the time, I think that would happen a lot more. This took a real deep dive um, into my social media to find that. But if every single thing I posted on Instagram was like some kind of meme or some kind of like political statement or something, I think I would lose a lot more work. But maybe that's you and maybe that's really close to your heart and that's the image that you want to put out. And you might be hired for a lot of left or right-leaning political work because of your stance. So it's it's give and take.
1: The way I look at it now is how I would behave if I went to a wedding. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, and you're just interacting with the people that, you know, you don't know, they're the other side of the family or whatever. And it would be bizarre if you started going on a political rant (laughs) when having a discussion to someone at a wedding. We all have to make these judgment calls every day when we interact with people in sort of day-to-day situations and online is no different it's actually more critical because at a wedding it's not being recorded it's not be- <laughs> it's not there for you know forever more yeah
0: what's the what's the expression say it and forget it write it and regret it
1: <laughs> oh that's good i like that yeah that's good um Yeah, if something is deeply personal to me, if something happens in the UK, uh, politically, like like Brexit, I was going to make a comment, you know, I I made some comments on when Brexit happened, right? Because I thought it was a disaster. I don't think I would not comment on that if this that happened again. Now it's not going to happen again, but (laughs) Uh, Brexit. If we went back in, re (laughs) (laughs) Brexit, (laughs) breentrance, love it. Um, (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So it just you just have to be smart about it. And yeah, the the danger is when you're starting out and you're like, well, no one's paying attention to what I'm saying anyway, so who cares? Uh you can be a bit bold and, and but that might bite you on the ass in a couple of years' time if like, you know, your situation happens again. So it's worth being cognizant of that as early as possible. And um there isn't an easy answer to this question because I, I have absolutely no problem, of course, whatsoever with you know, for example, you know, Jewish people right now talking about their understandable trauma. Oh, and yeah, of so, course. Um, is that political? I mean, how do we define political? You know, it's, it's a really difficult conversation to have, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, how do we get out of this? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on from social media decorum then to... Business decorum in general. Um, sure. You know, let's say you've got a difficult client. They're 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 coming back a couple of times with some changes. Maybe they've you've done the script, you've recorded it, and they're like, "Oh, oh, really sorry, but we've got a couple of extra words. Can is there any chance you can send a, send us back?" Are you, Are you? what's your approach to that? Are you trying to get more money out of them? Are you like, well, we did the session, so sorry, yeah. or what is your approach in those situations?
0: I mean, honestly, I think that this topic is a whole other episode, and I think that yeah. we should have a whole other episode. I mean, I'm gonna answer this question, but I think we should have a whole other episode about business decorum mm. and how to deal with clients and things, because I could talk about it for over an hour, for sure. Okay. Um, but my my general, my general general rule of thumb and the words that I live by is that it's more advantageous in the long run to do an easy favor than it is to nickel and dime and be a problem for someone. If you solve a problem for them, they are so much more likely to hire you again. Yeah. If you make a problem for them, they are a lot less likely to hire you again. So yes, absolutely charge what you're worth. There are ways to word emails that are like, well, my normal pickup fee is $150, but this is just a few words. I don't mind doing you a favor. No problem, here's the file. And then they know that you've done them a favor. They know that your normal pickup fee is $150. So if they ask again, they will give you the $150 and you've solved a problem for them because now they don't have to go to their boss and ask for, you know, to increase the budget by $150. And uh, yeah, you're the hero. Yeah. (laughs) So to me, you know, doing a favor is a lot more, oh, my daughter's coming in. Doing a favor (laughs) is a lot more worth it than nickel and diming. Hello, Alana. Do you want to say hi to the podcast? No, no, say it into the microphone. (laughs) (laughs)
1: yeah i can i completely agree i think don't be overt about it necessarily don't like god this is such a big deal you know i'm doing this i'm you know i'm really moving heaven and earth to do this thing don't go nuts with it but mentioning that yeah i mean normally i would do this but it's just a couple of words and um you know blah 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 here it is is important because you don't want to set a precedent for being taken advantage of, of course. You don't want them to come back. Oh, we changed the script again. Sorry, can you just record these? You're digging yourself into a hole. But in general, people aren't doing that. Most clients don't don't do that.
0: We're all all people and we all have things that we... There we go. (laughs) We're all people and we all have, you know, things that are pain points for us. And doing doing a quick pickup is not it doesn't cost me a lot like it takes me five ten minutes not a big deal.
1: I look at it like that pickup could book you more work with that client in the future yeah because they leave with a good taste in their mouth from working <laughs> sounds like a mm. Yeah, horrible. Um, but, <laughs> you know, it's they've had a great experience, so they're much more likely to, rather than recast the project, go, oh, let's we'll just, just get Jamie or Karen to do it. Like, I really, really want that to be, I want them to be a future client. Also, half the time, you know what it's like, nipping into the booth, pressing record, sending him a quick M- WAV file. Half the time, if it's just like 10 seconds, you can just attach it to the email. You don't even need to upload it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just so much quicker to go, sure thing, here it is. It's like three minutes work rather than trying to figure out, oh, how am I going to work this email and I'm going to make, yep. make my pickup fee. And then if they come back to me, like, oh, we don't know if we have the budget. We'll have to go and get that approved and blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's just so much easier just to send the file, move on with your life and do them a favor, like you said.
0: Yeah. Well, I think this has been a great discussion. And I think the next the next episode we can do Lady Karen and... Lord Jamie's School of Business Decorum again <laughs> but with clients.
1: Yeah, let's do it. Let's do a part 2. I love it. Thank you. Thank you Thank for Thank you for listening.
0: Me. Oh, um everyone, guess what? We have a conference coming up in April. Oh yeah. Um in Costa Rica and you should definitely come. Um, We're going to be posting more about that this week in our Facebook group, Vocation VoiceOver, because it's very exciting. And we are going to have a couple more speaker updates, I think, in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. We still have, I think, 10 rooms available. Not a lot. So if you want to come to Costa Rica, you got to book it, because already some of the extra room nights, if you want to stay before or after... The hotel is extremely popular, and is filling up. So um, there's a little bit of limited availability if you want to stay longer. So book your book your ticket now if you want to come and request those extra room nights, and we will get them approved as soon as possible.
1: Yeah, and I think once we announce the uh, additional speakers, going to have a little yes. rush on too. So. I
0: hope so. I hope so. All right. Well, until next time.
1: And we're we're going to try and put these out much more regularly because we've been dreadful recently. We've just
0: been in like coma mode. Also, I broke my foot and was flying around as the Wicked Witch, so that took a little bit of time.
1: Yeah, and I'm (laughs) (laughs) sleep-deprived.
0: Jamie's dying in his sleep every night, 20 times
1: an hour. I know. Come on. What do you expect from us?
0: We will update you on that as well. Jamie, stay alive.
1: Yeah, I'll give the CPAP update. (laughs) it Okay. <laughs> it's <exciting>. All right. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.